Far Loan Sales is a tragic story with a glimpse of hope absolutely worth the small investment. Minimalism and sound design when built upon one another can help you set sail for a brief moment that has lasting impact. For me, though there aren't words to tell the tale, the music, the moments, the drive to keep your vessel maintained, this journey is worth your time to see what awaits not too far from the beginnings of managing your companion. Simple, short, heartfelt, don't miss this one. Let's talk about it for a bit. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we answer the simple question, is this video game worth your time? I am Michael, one of your time-saving hosts for the day. And I'm still Larry. Hi. Are you ready to talk about Far Loan Sales today, this little indie game? I'm actually really excited to talk about this one, and I noticed from our intros, I think we're both falling along the same path on this one. All right, well, we'll get right into it. We both finished this game. It took. That's a shocker for me. Yeah, I know. How long did it take you to finish this one? I believe I may have had some tomfoolery with my timing because I checked on my Xbox because I didn't write down my time when I completed it for some reason. Of course. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I do know. I'm lazy at that. <laughs> it says I played for five hours and five minutes. However, I let my daughter start playing on her own file on this. So, well, a new file on my file. Gotcha. And so I'm pretty sure it took me probably about three, three and a half hours to beat and I think the average for the is about three hours is what I saw. Yeah, that makes sense. So it, t- it usually takes me a little bit longer than normal. Yeah, it took me two hours, 58 minutes, and 55 seconds. So, three uh, hours. Uh, yeah, three. that's basically three hours, but it's not. So we both finished this game, completed it. Not 100% completed it. We'll call it that. I don't know. Maybe you got all the achievements or trophies or whatever. I did not. You know, I, I had a screen cap and I forgot to. I think I was at 14. I don't know how many trophies are in the game. So Watch, there's only 10. <laughs> <laughs> I know I missed at least one or two. This game released worldwide May 17th in 2018. It was developed by Okomotive or Akamotive. This is their first release, which is pretty cool. They were published by Mixed Vision. Uh, they have a bunch of other games on there that they've published. I don't recognize anyone. So this is my first Mixed Vision game. And obviously it's my first Akamotive game because it's their only one. No, it, I will say this, just spoilery. Uh, I will 100% be interested in more of their games because I was quite taken aback. I, this game, uh, complete shock. I'd yeah. never even heard of it. And then you were like, play this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> See, there's a good recommendation right there. Go play this game. That's my recommendation. <laughs> just end the episode right there. Just go play it. So a quick background before we dive into our thoughts, questions, and all that discussions about Far Loan Sales. But right away, you know, you we both recommend this. It's worth your time. So if you want to stop, go play it. Go for it, and then come back and listen to a discussion. But this game started from a bachelor student project, which is pretty cool. So Don Schmacher being the lead developer, and eventually he kept working on it with a fellow student, Goran Sarek, I want to say is how you pronounce his name. Cool name. They opened up their studio, Okamotive, in 2017, and obviously the game released 2018. Schmacher, the guy that started with it, he got his inspiration from different media's books and whatnot but since we're talking about video games his two standout video games they got inspiration from was journey and little big planet i thought those were kind of interesting but i can kind of see the dna of those games both in this a little I, bit. I can actually kind of see the goofy animation style or whatever the heck that main character is has a little little, little big planet and the way that you pick up the fuel blocks definitely i would say little big planety the journey side of it is just, I would say journey inside, like any type of game like that, it has those vibes. 100%. I feel like journey 
any any game that's almost released, everybody's like Journey vibes. So that makes sense. But it's cool that that game directly influenced him. And real quick, I love this quote I found in an interview at GameDeveloper.com by Joel Coter or Coacher, something like that. C O U T U R E. He's talking about creating the game as a side scroller, but this quote pertains to a concept of the game itself. Quote, this choice is closely linked to my vision of making a game that takes a different approach to the use of vehicles and creates a special atmosphere and sense of dependence on your vessel, end quote. I mean, just based on that quote alone, uh, when we get into the questions, that's one of my big talking points is the vehicle to me is actually the character. I don't even really even, again, I have literally no idea what the heck our little dude is. To her, that's, or the, one that. I, that's okay. the one thing I learned. Okay, don't know if we're like a little minion. If it's a little, yeah, no idea. So I treated the vessel as the actual main character of the game, which I thought was actually really cool. Yeah, and that's it sounds like that's what they were trying to do, which is great. You know what? It kind of makes me think about this. Is kind of a weird analogy, but uh, BT from Titanfall Two. They wanted Ooh. you to care about that character. Obviously, that one talked, and there were some back and forth quips between those two. But it kind of a similar situation where they're taking a robot or a vehicle and making you care about it. Yeah. Speaking of that, we need a BT 2.0 in Titanfall 3. If there is. It's a lot of numbers there. If there's a Titanfall 3. I wish, I wish, I wish. Work on it. All right. So before we get into the gameplay story, we both beat the game in roughly about three hours. Correct. You asked me a question saying that as of, I believe the game was $14.99 and it's about a three hour experience. And so you ask me, it kind of the age old debate: Is it worth it? Is that a good price point? And I, so we're talking worth of dollar to time, not just our podcast is about time, and we both think it's worth your time. But is it worth your money with that amount of time invested? Yeah, it will. And I think too, this is the age old debate of you know, every, if you take a game, it's three hours long. You know, you pay thirty bucks for it. That's ten bucks an hour. You always kind of used, it used to always be used the movie analogy. Yeah. And so for me, I actually think for starters, I 100%, I think this is more than worth your time for 15 bucks. So before I get into the game pass analogy I wanted to talk about, do you think it's worth the price point at 15 bucks? I do. I feel like that's a solid price for an indie developer. Now, what so, about 60 bucks? So no. So, okay, that, so. That, that's, that's the hard part. I'm not one to do the whole dollar per hour or whatever it is agreed hour spending it but i also don't behoove anybody that wants to look at that like they let's say they only buy a couple games a year they want to probably get more bang for their buck so i wouldn't tell them to go get this game if that's their mindset yeah i think for me one of my big takeaways there is i'm someone who enjoys experience more than actual amount of time and so to me this game gave me a lasting experience but the reason why i asked you the 60 dollar thing was you know, there is a cutoff point, clearly. I don't know where it's at, but I think even 45 bucks would be too much for a game like this. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard choice. I don't know where you draw the line, but if you're looking for that much content, this isn't the game for you. Agreed. You can probably do a replay one or two times and you'd be okay, but this is not going to last you over 10 hours. Yeah, so that kind of leads me into the... So Game Pass, for instance, the sequel, it will be on Game Pass. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a day one Game Pass, so it's going to be pretty interesting. So my point is, I'm wondering for as much, I'm very high on Game Pass. We'll get into that, I'm sure, down the road. But I can say the one negative that it might start having is a game like this would end up causing an issue of, are you are people going to start being trained to expect that three, four hour long games are games that are expected to be on Game Pass? Why would I ever 
pay 15 bucks. I want. I can't believe it's coming to Game Pass. I just looked it up. Oh, I know. It's a, Sorry, it, it, it was a great game. Yeah, it's a great. I'm trying to get. listen to you too, but no, it's okay. And, and so I'm just wondering if so, for games like this, that's a prime example of are we going to end up having people like 15 bucks for this? I might as well just wait for Game Pass. And then Sony, all the AAA games are the ones that you pay your 60, 70 bucks for. You know, honestly, I think we're going to be we're training ourselves to think like that because I can already see that argument in my head mm. of. Yeah, why wouldn't I just wait? It's an indie game. It'll probably come to Game Pass. Yeah. And I hope they got a big bunch of big old sack of money, but I want to give them my money. So, oh, so that, yeah. that's the hard part with me. And, and technically, though, in theory, on Game Pass, they're getting their bundle of money. We just don't see it. It's behind the scenes. Correct. But that being said, and hopefully I, it'll be more accessible to other people then. And hopefully maybe they will go back, try that, and then play the first game. Yeah, well, and again, in in our agreement here, we both agreed for fifteen bucks, and I'm sure you could probably get it for cheaper now. I, I don't know, maybe it's on. You know, it'll be on sale here and there. Yeah, exactly. Fifteen bucks for three hour experience. This particular game, I think we both agreed, it's definitely worth worth it. I mean, yeah, I th- oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, and I think yeah, in my mind, it is worth the fifteen bucks. I was worth. I don't need to ever go back to it. Yeah, I think I'm good there. Okay, so that's an interesting take then too because I know from my perspective, I was watching my daughter play and that, again, that's why I think my uh, my time's up a little bit higher than it's supposed to be. Yes. I'm not that slow. However, just watching it from my daughter's point of view, I can also agree with you. I wouldn't need to... I would have no need to want to replay this game. I think just being able to listen to the music on the side and whatever platform you want is good enough. And uh, yeah, this is definitely a, a one-time game. But man... You keep thinking about it. Yeah, that definitely. It's, it lingers with you, which is great. Uh, you did mention the music is a standout portion. I agree with you. The music is by Joel Schock. S-C-H-O-C-H. Ooh, well done. Joel Schock. You you later Schock. asked me for some of my memorable moments, and uh, he is attributed to definitely one of them at least. Okay, cool. Actually, probably two. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about it when we get All to right. it. So this game we I alluded to in my intro is that there's no dialogue. This is all atmospheric storytelling. This is the focus of the game. Do you like that in these types of games, or do you just like that in games in general? Yeah, I would say, especially as I've gotten older, I've started noticing that there is a select few games that are rising up on my list of like favorite games I've played of all time. Inside? Insides on there. I would even put Gris. It's just, Ooh, I wouldn't put it up. One. Yeah, it's just these types of games where there's just kind of the background there. You don't get any people talking to you all. Like you said, the storytelling, the building of the world is all just happening in the background. And I actually, for some reason, really like it. And I think as you put it, I think we both said sound design music. That is such an important piece to like the buildup of these games and silence plays such a good role. No, that's uh, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't need the dialogue, I guess. Now, again, if this was a, you know, 10, 15 hour game, I think at some point I'd be like, man, and I'm sure someone will come up with a way to do it eventually. I, I feel like three hours is like the sweet spot. Gris was like that. Inside was like that. This is like that. Now that I'm thinking about this, what if somebody made like a 10 hour game, but the last hour you finally hear somebody talk or something like that? Yeah, maybe maybe a, that'd be pretty impactful, right? <laughs> yeah. Or do it the other way. Have the first hour of talking and then the world gets stripped of sound or something oh like that. <laughs> That's free like, ideas. You're welcome, people. Yeah, that's like risk esque if you think about it a yeah, little bit. A little bit. Ooh. Yeah. No. But I, I'm 100 percent in favor. I want more of this stuff. Why I do you, don't Why do you think? Because you've started that phrase with since I've gotten older. Is there a reason 
do you think that's tied in any reason or is it just because of your taste changing or whatever? Yeah, I think I've just become, I've become more patient. I've become more laid back. I enjoy soundtracks more than I ever have in games. It used to be, you know, with Halo back in the day, you had these banging soundtracks, Starcraft, all these games that we used to play as kids, but the gameplay is what hooked me and it was like fast paced and like I was always in front of it. There's something about sitting back, you know, I played this on my Xbox Series S on a couch, just kind of relaxing and enjoying what the people behind the game wanted you to experience. I think that just goes such a long way. And there's something about this style of game. I feel like you can almost appreciate that more sometimes than all the subtle dialogue all over the place. That's Especially true. if it's randomized dialogue from just pointless NPCs. <laughs> the, the, the background noise, basically. That is a good point because it is more front and center because that is the focus of the game. They chose not to do dialogue. They chose that all their world building is atmospheric. So then you are kind of drawn to it in that regard. Oh, yeah. And just I, I would even say like the footsteps of our character, the way that blocks sound when they hit each other, the way your ship or your vessel sounds as it like smacks into things, the rain, the way the hail hits. There's just... All the sound, especially since there is no dialogue, every bit of sound is almost that much more important. And then, like I mentioned earlier, when there's a lot of sound and then it gets stripped away. Yeah, but it's more impactful silence. Oh, yeah, Yeah. so good. This game does that very, very well. So I think for me, when it's done right, like a game like this, like a game like Inside, I generally want the combination of both. I want to hear dialogue from people, just maybe small snippets here and there, but... I think it also depends on the type of of game. I mean, I love my RPGs, and I don't see an RPG working when there's only world telling, where the the world is the only thing that's telling the tale. Yeah, and again, we're not talking just like sound design, like literally just text on screen, like in the old school ones. Yeah, I mean, removing all of that. And I mean, I have played RPG like games that there's only a narrator telling the story, but even still, that'd be different. I just maybe there's an example out there that I have. No idea, and somehow it would work, but I don't think that is. I think platformers are right in doing this correctly, like the Metrovanias and the like, where a little dialogue is needed, and you can set the stage with this. But puzzle platformers like this, they seem to be just breeding grounds for this type of storytelling where you don't have to have dialogue. Okay. I think that's pretty cool. No, I agree, and uh, I guess that's the natural jump-off point. Then, so speaking of the story. We don't have any dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. What is it telling you? Is that what you're going to... Yeah. What's going on? What do you get out of it? What do you think happened before the game started? Or at least what was happening as soon as the game started, that grave? Yeah. So obviously you are partaking in a funeral of some kind. Somebody dear to you, to this girl that we found out, I found out from the research. Some she lost somebody, whether it was an uncle, whether it was a brother, whether it was father, mother. So it was kind of interesting. The little bit of research that I did was I believe, and I could be wrong, uh, feel free to correct me, I'll correct myself in a tweet or something like that down the line. I believe that's our father. Um, Why do you think that? That's literally what people were talking about. And then Mr. Inventor Guy is supposedly our uncle. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that, but you know what? Who knows? They even have, I a, mean, they even have a name for the character. It doesn't even matter because it doesn't matter who it is. All you have to know is that you're doing a burial and you're moving on. And... I think that's the whole point of the game. It's the whole point of the game. Just moving on? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Obviously, the vehicle you have, which is super cool, we'll talk about all, all the mechanics of it, but it definitely looks worn, like it's beat up, it's gone through it, so that, obviously, that has a connection to this person. They've probably been traveling along with this person for a long time, and so they're just trying to 
go on their own journey now. Okay. What do you think the state of the world is? Obviously, it's post-apocalyptic. I mean... What do you think happened? <sighs> well, it starts off, and you're kind of like you're in a harbor, but everything's dried up. Something happened with the water. Yeah. I don't know if it was a catastrophic event where everybody just started making these vehicles to traverse the new land. I mean, that would make sense because there's checkpoints along the way where you can change up your wheels and whatnot. So that means this has been around for a while, these mm-hmm. new types of vehicles. And obviously we have the inventor guy that we go to and then get the giant one, which is freaking cool. I love it. My guess is there was some global event and now you are using these to transport. So the only thing that doesn't make any sense to me then is why there's no planes or flying stuff, but maybe we'll get that in the sequel. Who knows? Well, and on top of that, and something to think about is it's not necessarily that this was Earth, right? So it doesn't necessarily, there might, may have never yeah, been planes. I guess planes. they never really. But so this was my idea, and this only happened because this is actually, I'm going to just link in one of my three favorite moments that happened in the game. This will, I'd probably put this one at number two. Okay. Actually, I'd probably put it in my number one. <laughs> I believe, man, whatever the life forms were, I think we kind of see like a, there was a technological advance and then everything came crashing down. I think that has something to do with the fact that there's such crazy weather systems. Yeah. I almost wonder if there's like a little bit of a political message about climate change and technology and stuff. But yeah. the part that I noticed and the part that I really like, my one of my favorite because it was like a Bioshock, Bioshock-esque moment for me. And that was, so there's a point in the game where our vehicle gets stuck and the music, everything stops. And there's like little chatter of voices on a radio happening. I love that. And then you jump off and you're not really sure how to solve the issue of getting your vessel across this blockade. And so you just have to start heading right. Just walk. And it gets to an uncomfortable amount of time that you're having to walk. Where you're like, did I miss something? Do I have to turn around and go back? I don't understand. And then finally you get to a point where you can do a little bit of a puzzle venture and then you can take like a gondola back. And just as you're on that thing in the background, there's a billboard and it gets, there's two lights that kind of flicker and then they go out and on the billboard, it says we build our future. Yeah. So good. Which, which (laughs) makes, which makes me think like there was a lot of technology happening at some point. They were trying to do something and it went catastrophically wrong. Mm -hmm. And so now we're in a collapse civilization. I think we're, Perhaps seeing a whole bunch of stranded people, which then would go into where I think the ending is happening, uh, which we can talk about in a little bit. But since I kind of jumped into that, that's my take on the story. I kind of yeah, think I, I think we're sense. trying to. I almost I don't even know if we're necessarily running away. I almost feel like we're trying to just find more people. Our existence, like our person's alone now. They need to go find someone else because the person they were with. Maybe if I was wrong about my research, maybe that's not the dad maybe that was a husband a boyfriend a brother a friend yeah it could have been anything yeah i think that huh now you got me thinking maybe we build our future is they went so crazy with technology and robots they're like you know what no we're gonna do it ourselves again i feel like it's darker than that for some reason i just have a hunch especially with crazy inventor because i don't know if you ever saw like on the walls of when you're inside the giant ship before the big reveal there's all these portraits and there's different versions of the giant walker that we're in. You see one that looks like it's more fast paced. Yeah. So they're inventing a bunch of and stuff. So it looks like there's a lot. So my hunch is because we don't see any of those and it looks like everything's just barren wasteland that technology peaked. We screwed it up. And now we're in the, like you said, the post-apocalyptic world side of things that seems hopeless, which, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of the game is, I mean, we should probably just talk about the ending since we're talking about everything. I think it went from 
a hopelessness. Your vehicle is crashed, cracked in half, and then it ends on a very hopeful note. Yeah, with the, the horn. Yeah, that's all you see, and it's ending. And I was just like, when I, that happened, I was like, oh, yeah. That's somebody else. It, it, it's kind of funny because I was reading online. A lot of people seemed really saddened by the end. And I don't know if they didn't read into the fact that that's clearly the horn, a foghorn of like another vessel somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it did sound like a ship, which yeah. she did make it towards water, right? At the very end. Yeah. So we were on our little bonfire campfire thing. Yeah. We lit. Oh, I was going out. Oh my God. I was like, they're going to do me like this. It's yeah. just going to be one of those pointless endings. And then they had that. It's funny how much that changes the ending for oh, me. Oh, 100%. If it just fades, then it's like, okay, are we just going to starve to death? <laughs> like, what <laughs> happens? broke my vehicle. I can't get anywhere. I mean, now that I think about it, though, do we eat? <laughs> we never. <laughs> the vehicle eats quite a bit. That's true. But um, I did really enjoy the ending, though. I think it was poignant. I think it was a really nice, like, crescendo that dropped real hard. Like, you were at the end, and then it was like, poosh, disaster, and then it ends. Well, okay, well, what's the next logical step for, like, the next game? Like, what happens after the credits roll? Mm -hmm. But I feel like just podcasting form. Let's wait for that for a second. Okay. So my question is, so to get from point A to B all the way to the finish there, there was a gameplay loop for you. Mm -hmm. What did you think of it? Were the puzzles enough? Was there too much? Was there not enough to do? Did you feel like the puzzles got in the way? No, I, I feel like puzzle platformers aren't my favorite part of the genre but i really really enjoyed this one one it could be because a it's a little bit shorter and b i think the puzzles felt genuine Ooh, okay so that's actually a pretty good take i i think i went a step further where because to me the care i had such an attachment to the vessel itself that there's a there's a unique boundary that sometimes these games can straddle and that is puzzles can get annoying if you just want to experience the story real quick yeah but then some, and some, so puzzles can actually feel more like obstacles uh, in that sense. For some reason, this game, I was so just wanting to make sure my ship was, you know, quote unquote, okay, <laughs> that the puzzles always came to me as like this just event where I'm like, I just got to get past this. I almost didn't think of them as puzzles anymore. They were just something I needed to do to make sure I could get my ship and keep it going with me. And when a game can get into that flow for me, it's why the game went by so quick. They didn't feel like I was doing a puzzle. It was just like, I got to do this. Otherwise, I mean, I'm going to lose my vessel. I can't do that. On top of that, I feel like because of that, where you feel like they've masked by being just good puzzles and you want to see the end of it. I feel like in this one, the puzzles were also world building because usually everything that you stopped at, there was some lore hidden in there. Like, for instance, changing out your tires once you blow them. Well, okay, obviously they have station to change out these. The gondola thing was perfect with the radio towers. So all the puzzles felt genuine. They didn't feel like just puzzles to me. And maybe that's why I liked it so much. Yeah, I do feel like now coming from someone who doesn't always like go 100% into games and complete them, I wonder if you keep the radio on if there is more talking that happens on a regular basis. Well, I kept the radio with me the entire time and the signal goes away oh does it yeah okay. which is very clever I, well, love that's it. Cool. I like that so i'm sure there there might be more but that radio is just oh god that, the radio crackle like that oh, sound yeah. effect because everything's so quiet and then you have that and then so oh. so the, a lot of the mechanics i suppose of operating your vehicle vessel i thought would get really tedious but yeah, i think they uh, might I'm gonna, stra- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop you for a quick second oh. on this podcast we are officially 
deciding to use the term vessel. I just think it's cooler yeah. than vehicle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my vessel mechanics to keep it running, I thought we're going to get to the TDM. I think they straddle that line so perfectly. I know somebody out, for me, somebody out there, they're going to hate that. Like keeping up with the resources, the fuel, yeah. making your the- vehicle eat, <laughs> vessel eat. Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> thank you. I was a little nervous early on the OCD in me, I was in a freak out because I was like, man, every time I see a freaking box or anything laying around, I'm going to need to go grab it. And I definitely did that. And I did, <laughs> but it, it never got to the point where it was too extreme. There were points where I was like, oh my gosh, like there's just so much stuff rattling around. And I, I had like a fine, I always had to have things hanging on the hangers. Yeah. As soon as one ran out, I had to make sure I replaced it. And I had points where it was just a cluster. In my, <laughs> and I was trying to get in and out of stuff. Oh, man, it was cool. Well, I think there was one point in the game where I hit a wall too hard. And it didn't break the ship, but, like, clearly it launched stuff, like, all over the place. <laughs> so I spent another, like, 10 minutes, like, cleaning everything up and putting it back where it needed to be. Oh, I'm so mad. There's there's a trophy in this game for taking that little red toolbox with you the entire way. And oh, I, really? I knew there was going to be a trophy for that. And I left it there. So that's actually an interesting point. I think one of the issues I had with gaming for a couple years was I found myself really paying attention to trophies, like before games or achievements, before games, even before I played them for the first time, I would look at the lists. And so I would go into the game like, okay, well, I probably should do this. And it's like, I I wasn't even worrying if I was going to like the game yet. And I, so I've started noticing this was one of the games I started doing. I did not pay attention to the achievements my first playthrough. It was my only playthrough, but... And so whenever I got one, it was like a pleasant surprise. You know what? That's exactly what I did with this game. I just learned after. I was like, oh, oh I wonder okay. how many trophies are away from doing yeah. this. I was like, yeah. of course. That little but I'm telling box. you, in like achievement land, trophy land that we all live in now, like I really, really think just that first playthrough, I understand. Especially so with short games yeah. like this. Like if it's a long RPG and you only want to run through it, go for it. Use that walkthrough, yeah. baby. Like, I just I think there's something about like almost being surprised at the achievements yep. you get because like I can't remember what game it was recently, but I had something where it was like I did like 150 of something, and I was like, really? That's cool. Like <laughs> I didn't even know that was something you could do, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. So those nice little surprises. But yeah. So we we like the story, we like the sound design, we like the gameplay. Yeah. Is there any of those mechanics of keeping your vessel going that you thought were tedious, or is it just you're good with them? I mean, the ho- I mean, you got the hose, you got the suck it up thing, you got. Yeah, the fuel. It took me a little while to like efficiently use like the the vacuum. I I, yes, I agree. I I I I love that thing. I know. know. (laughs) Once you figure out how to use it properly, it's so efficient. But I always would get like something stuck, and then it was like, why why is it not working? Or I would like the most annoying thing that happened to me all the time was I would my vehicle ended up dragging a little bit too far. And so I would jump out trying to be convenient and then it would just drag on a little bit too bit. So then I had to go literally all the way back around and go out the front of the vessel to go grab the block that I was trying to grab. It used to happen all the time. Yeah. My thing was I would try and stop it. It would go under the like the loading box. Yeah. The loading dock. Yeah. And you shut yeah. it down and it wouldn't go on. Like, oh. Yeah. No. So I think for me, like it was definitely like a weird mechanic and I thought introducing like the sail, introducing damage and overheating, there was enough things that would keep you busy. I loved like running around with your little little water hose. (laughs) (laughs) Just again, the animations are cute. They're simple. And that's where the little big planet definitely comes in. So I Mm. completely understand that. I don't know why. I always just felt like I was a pro when I would get it going and then I could climb all the way up onto the top of the ship and stand outside while yes. it was going dude i tried to do that so many times. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's just 
the atmosphere of this game or whatever. I was like, I just want to be up. But put the wind in my face. I will say though, there were moments where I would do that, and then I start having PTSD. Like, is there a, is there a wall coming up? <laughs> like, I need to go hit the brakes quick. <laughs> and so you'd have like those moments, and there was multiple times I didn't. I used to stack stuff on top of there when it was getting too crowded. And every time you get to a point where I had to hit the brakes, you'd see all the stuff launch off, and you're like, there's five more minutes. <laughs> but it was like a fun, and I can understand it would definitely annoy people. But it was a fun annoyance for me. Yeah, and I think that just shows you like how in tune to the vessel I really became. Like I just really, really enjoyed it. I was like, that was my place. It was mine. I wanted it to look. <laughs> I didn't want it to get hurt. I wanted it to look how I wanted it to look. Yeah, yeah it's like, funny that one of the first places I put the radio was like in the bedroom section. I was like, yeah, mine was hanging. To, I would listen to my radio in the bedroom, so that's yeah. where I'm gonna put it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I was gonna say though. So then, speaking of like, was there anything that really was too annoying? Was there a puzzle that sticks out to you as being too annoying or? No, uh, so I have this section called Quick Bits, and there's only two things I found, I guess, negative is not even the right word, just odd or a little strange. And one of them, there's a trophy named, which I'm sure there's achievement named, is Pimp My Ride, and I don't know why that trophy bugs me so much, but the name of the trophy itself bugs me, Pimp My Ride. I feel like it's so out of place in this world. In In the context of this particular game, it just seems weird to me. I mean, it's it's a weird naming. I, I guess <laughs> that's a that would be a nitpick. I guess I didn't even notice that. I think is that one where you need to have like. I think it's when you get your wheels, but I could be wrong. Oh really? Okay. I don't remember. Yeah. No, I for, I don't remember being annoyed by that, but I, don't, I actually don't remember there being one called that. So, so that I, probably yeah. would have bugged me had I noticed it. Yeah, I don't know why. It just, it just seems so out of place. Not that it. It's wrong. Somebody probably loves that. It also probably doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the actual game. Yes, exactly. Anyway. It doesn't affect the game at all. And then the jumping is a bit odd. Something is Flo- off it's there. It's floaty, yeah. right? Like too floaty. And it feels... Where's the politest ends. way to put this? It feels indie. Not enough to ruin the experience. Okay, okay, please it just, elaborate. <laughs> that does it, seem degrading. <laughs> especially in platformers. I think of very tight, precise platforms. This is not that. This is a puzzle platformer, so it's totally different. But a lot of times you can feel when a game uses that jump mechanic, it just feels slightly off. It's not as smooth. It's a little more staggered or rough. Okay, do, do you remember the game inside? Like the actual, yes. not, not obviously you remember it, but like playing it. Yes. Do you remember the jump mechanic in that game where when you would jump, you I always felt like you had to like double jump because you mistimed things all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe in a sense add like a double or triple length of that version of the jump. Now that game, it feels a little heavier, but the, it, it felt off in that game too. See, to me, this feels off in the opposite way. It's to me, I thought it was too floaty. Like so I, in, it inside, wasn't I feel like they made it try to be realistic of a kid jumping. So it's going to feel awkward and weird. And this one, I just feel like it feels indie stilted, whatever, like a hat in time feels a little floaty and off to me. I people, never played that one. Yeah, that people people one. love it, but to me, that's just how it felt. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't really ruin the game for me. It's one of the cool moments I just thought about when you jump off your vessel and you can just float. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so I cool. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're like a personal little umbrella. I suppose <laughs> that would be like a take where that's a little bit like the journey yeah, I could see that being part of the influence, the red in general, mm, yeah. the floatiness of that. So, Okay, so before we move on to just the end and what we kind of want out of the sequel, well, any did final you thoughts? have any negative points? Nope. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, well, that's good. I mean, that's, that's great. 
no negative in the sense that there's nothing that took away or detracted from the game enough that really made me dislike it. Uh, there could be maybe more things to do. I thought maybe having like a, a headlight or like a light mechanic to the game could have been kind of cool. I thought they were actually going to go that way. Oh, instead of it being an automatic when it became night? Yeah, like where it was just something like you couldn't see the obstacles in front of you, so you needed headlights to slow down before you smashed into it. I thought maybe that could have, especially with the silence, the eeriness of like getting close to a wall could have been cool, but none of it was needed per se. There was just, I, I think they could have maybe done a little bit more in areas, but there's nothing in it that makes me think, oh, you know, this game's, I, I hated that or I disliked that. So for me, for the most part, I enjoyed all of it. What I was trying to get to real quick though was I shared like one of my favorite moments that so you just want to throw a couple of yours and then oh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I have, I have two, I'm assuming we both have possibly two of the same but we'll see i could be wrong so one of the standout moments is the first time it turns to night when we talk about the silence the headlights going on the visuals are just astounding i think i took like three screenshots back to back to back i was like this just looks beautiful oh so i'll just tie into that then for me since you took screenshots i uploaded my only clip from twitter of this game was the moment where you finally get to really set sail and just you blow for a while basically you sail for a while not blow (laughs) (laughs) you know and the music really cranks up to that beautiful tune that's going on and it it lasts for i feel like a good 20 seconds or something like that maybe yeah that's that's one of my moments too just the sailing with the music in the background when it really crescendos and it it feels so good. And if I actually remember, the way that that was going, it almost, for a moment, the way the song started ramping down as you started slowing down, I almost thought for a second they were going to fade it to black there. <laughs> Just with the way that it happened, I was kind of like, well, wait, what? <laughs> but then there was obviously so much more. But okay, g- give me another one of yours. So then in nighttime, that's when you... I believe when you get in contact with the radio, I just think the radio is just this cool centerpiece to that segment of the game where you're you're hearing something for the first time, singing and whatever. Do you think they could have done more with the radio or is it just static enough? I think it was enough. Because you, it almost, you know, now that I think about it, maybe the fact that there wasn't, a, again, you heard voices every once in a while. And I, again, it was brilliant. The voices popped up when you were near a tower. So which makes you wonder what else is going on exactly. out there. Is that a leftover loop? Or? I also think, though, that maybe because it was silent, you're constantly, so this is spoilery, expecting and waiting for there to be something else. And that's enough to keep you wanting to go. Yeah, exactly. And then the other parts of the game just take over for you. So, yeah, that, that might be, it's almost like a little bit of trickery. <laughs> I, yeah, it's probably just it's the carrot at the end of the stick. Yeah. Okay, well, then for me, I think obviously a standout moment for most people is when the reveal happens, when you finally get the big machine, but you're, you're Star Wars Walker. Yeah. And, but to me, the brilliance of it was that subtle pan back and that just big time dramatic music hits. Bombastic, yeah. But then how quickly it goes away. Like, there was almost like that, the head into the, you just kind of sink your head down like, really? It's like, just for that glimpse, they give you a little bit of hope just for a moment and then immediately take it away from you. And I, that's a really good gameplay design right there. Like, that's good plotting. I really, really enjoyed that. I feel like it's it meshes everything into one. It's got high music. It's got cool gameplay. It's new reveal. It's lower building. Well, and, it's and all those things. Agreed. And on top of that, for me, I was already, like, as I was saying, I was like, okay, well, I can barely see my character. What do I get to change? Where am I going to put all my fuel? Does this thing run on fuel? I was starting to think about all that stuff like right there. And then I was like, oh, I could just step over the walls in this thing. So I was super happy. But yeah, then it's just immediately. <laughs> and then we're back to our vessel. Our little guy. Our girl. 
Yeah, and then obviously we talked about. Well, I got way. a couple more moments. Oh, you do. We oh moved on goodness. to you, but that's fine. First sunrise. So the ver- first time it goes at night, the first time you see that sunrise, <laughs> like it's just beautiful out in the sails. And you like them day night cycles. Yeah, apparently. Uh, the quiet after the storm. That is super mm. powerful. In this yeah, in game. the silence. Yep. It's it, the sound design is just immaculate. <laughs> and one moment I love uh, leave myself behind while I watch my vehicle, my vessel run away from me because <laughs> like, I decided to jump out and go look for something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that happened once too. I missed a block and I was like, ah, I don't need it. And I like second guessed myself last second. So I just jumped out and I, yeah, walking to catch up to your vehicle. It's, you're, it's you're monotonous, slow. but it's great. So that's actually a good point though, from the gameplay standpoint is because your character walks slow enough and can't sprint really. That's actually a gameplay mechanic where you actually have to think like, okay, I need my vessel with me. So that actually kind of works in its favor. Yeah, it there. reinforces everything that is good about this Which game. Which is why my favorite moment that I talked about earlier makes so much sense because you don't walk fast. You, They made you pace long enough to think, Question am it. I supposed to actually keep going? And I remember thinking that. I was like, was that, did I miss a triggering event here? Yeah, like, I know. I, I definitely picture like the gameplay designers like – timing it like the play test like having like 20 30 people just test there and see when they start questioning it and then be like okay let's have the segment just be like five seconds longer yep, than when exactly. they start questioning yeah it was perfect beautifully timed and we've already talked about the ending i really like the ending too but those are my standout moments well so this kind of leads me then into the point that i'm interested about i actually realized there was a sequel for this game because of our we're doing a fantasy critic uh league yeah. video game league and you I picked, picked it up it. Yeah. <laughs> and i was like didn't that game already come out? And then I saw the title. I was like, what? And so then I watched the trailer. So even, I guess you can incorporate that if you want. What do you think happens next? Like, what what happens to our character? Where are we going? What are we doing? I don't even know if it's the same character. I've, I've watched one quick trailer and okay, I honestly so, don't remember. So it. so remove the trailer then. Like, what do we think happens to our character after the we fade to black? They get rescued, obviously. Yeah, see, that, and that was kind of my lasting takeaway. Is like, I think it's a pretty straightforward As soon ending, as the right? screen yeah, went black, I was like, this is a hopeful ending. We're going to get rescued. I don't know what that means, though. Like, is it more of us? So you're asking what you want in a sequel in general? Or what you think the sequel is going to be? Yeah. There's, I think we're going to have a new vessel, new character. I mean, I saw the trailer. We're in a lot of water. <laughs> oh, okay. So all the water comes back. <laughs> or we get to the water. So oh, it's no, receded. No, yeah, no, so yeah, maybe what, it's receded so quickly. Or? No, no, no. Wait, no. What are we talking about? We knew that because we were in. We got to the <laughs> what coastline. Are you about? <laughs> well, what are we both? You should have corrected me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we got to the coastline at the end of the game. So of course there's water. Yeah. So I assume that means the water is. So maybe it, it is global warming. Everything warmed up and the water is receding. Mm, can't. So, yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. So I think now if we're just talking about what we want in a sequel and there is not much i want from the sequel i just want to have another experience just like this one which is really weird i literally wrote build upon this world nothing more for me (laughs) (laughs) like i don't need them it's because it's such a short experience it's one of those things where i don't actually want them to tweak too much i i feel like there's a possibility and more games should look into this if you have these short segmenting now don't build like a 15 hour game and then cut it into four parts. Like have a start and finish when you build your game and then let your ideas keep evolving. Like, Hey, what can we do next? Obviously there's going to be some new gameplay mechanics and stuff like that. Oh, but kind of reminds me of that. Then that reminds me of that. Then that's a weird oh, sentence, boy. but I think that works <laughs> is like the beginning Mega Man. Yeah. I can't help you there. Okay. Never mind. 
somebody out there knows this analogy. Here, they go, don't change much. Here, go look at that wall. It probably knows more about Mega yeah. Man than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your dog. <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I just want to feel this way again and experience something like this again. It doesn't have to be dramatically different. I don't want it to be dramatically different. I just want to be in this world. I want to care about the world. I want to have these atmospheric storytelling once again. I usually, in a sequel, I want a shift in either tone or a wild new location. I feel like, again, we're we're cheating, I guess, because we saw the trailer. It's not cheating. We just know. It's clearly a lot more water involved. So that's going to add a lot more to gameplay. Yeah. I'm curious how they handle that. If yeah, it's gonna I, think, be- I think if they just keep it, you're still micromanaging your vessel, which is new twists on either A, the vessel is different because now you're in water. Do you think it, it would be kind of unique as if like in the sequel, it was like co-op because you have a buddy. And so there's like a second mm. player you can play with. I don't know if that would be as impactful. I mean, you I'm, make- I'm not saying I'm not saying I would necessarily like it better, but it would be a unique concept Actually, to add. Disregard that. You can make co-op games very effective. So <laughs> yeah. I just think about me screwing around with my friends or with you in a game. Yeah. And that maybe then the poignant moments wouldn't be there because we'd be laughing or talking crap about each other. Yeah, but like that would be an interesting challenge though. When's the last time you played like a really, really emotional co-op game where you're like, you're like, okay, I don't want to cry in front of my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it takes two is really good, but it's not. I, I haven't played it, so I don't know. I played with my daughter. She's just laughed the whole time. So I've... So this is kind of funny because it doesn't really work in some regards because I pl- I have a certain friend, Dennis, that I play single-player games and we just switch off. So those can be very emotional. Yeah, but yeah, but that's not co-op. Yeah. Like, hmm. And again, this is we're thinking on the spot here. We don't need to like think for the next hour. <laughs> but that's, that's something to think about. You know what? How about this? A way out. The ending of a way out. Oh, see, I didn't play that one. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't highly recommend that game, but I thought the... Ending to that game is interesting. Okay. But so what cool. we're getting at is, can you imagine a game like this with a co-op mechanic where because we got rescued, apparently the other person... That, that'll be the interesting thing then too then, is if we hear that vessel making all that noise, at least based on what I think I saw in the trailer, there's still only just you. There's no way that giant, that little thing that you're floating around in in the water made that... L- I mean, I guess you could th- attach a foghorn to it, but... I'm sure it's a different person so uh, then different, I what happened to everybody else then well we might find out regardless i'm sold and i've been sold ever since i'd known there was a sequel after playing this game so you should play this game too perfectly said so there you have it we rambled for far too long it is now your time to make a decision you know what both of us brothers would say sail away yeah.